Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day, and we thank you for the time that we get to be together and to worship together and dig deep into your word. And God, I thank you for Pastor Dan and all that he does, and we appreciate him so much, and we thank you for just everything that you do in our lives. Um, I hope that we take this word to heart and that we listen with open ears and follow God with open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, band. Everybody takes part in that. I really appreciate it. Make sure if you have a if you have your phone and it's, it's not on a Bible app, uh, make sure you put it away. If you see somebody with a phone out with not, they just slap it out of their hand. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. Not kidding. Um, uh, so just sort of to pay attention. <clears throat> I want to share something that's not really part of my of, of, of my my message tonight, but I want to start off with this. If you claim to be a Christian, okay, a follower of Jesus Christ, that you put your faith and trust in Him, that through Jesus you've been forgiven of your sins, and you and we do this sometimes. We struggle with sin, and sometimes we we, we fall into sin and we get caught up in sin. And if if you are caught up in sin in your life, you know you're in disobedience to God. And then when you go to his word and you read it, and when a lot of times when you come into church and you're listening to what's preached, you know a lot of times you're not going to be able to hear what's being said. God, God, God's wanting to speak to you, but the sin is just, sin's like gunk and it just covers us up. And sometimes we go, man, I'm trying to hear God speak. I don't hear God speak anymore. I'm trying my question is this, is there sin in your life? Because if there's sin in your life, you're not going to hear God well at all. And my whole point is this, I, I just want us to understand, um, the Christian walk and the Christian life is not a game. So let's not act like it's a game. I know it's not a game. That's good. I've got one person that knows that. I'll take it. I think more do as well. But so, so I say that just to... And, I'm going to read a scripture, um, and it's just going to jump on the screen. Uh, and this is actually the, the end of the message tonight. This is the last verse we're going to talk about, but I want to start with this. And it's in Philippians 1, verse 12, 27. You can turn to Philippians 1 if you'd like to. That's where we're going to be for the next while. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, I've got, I would love to give you one that you can have, that you can keep. Uh, just let me know at the at the end of of the edge, or talk to my wife, or me, or any student, and go, man, I'd like to get one. Uh, we'll put it in your hands tonight. Uh, I think it's very important. This is what it says in verse twenty-seven: Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come, this is Paul speaking, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side. For the faith of the the gospel. If you ever write notes in your Bible or underline things that jump out, this is what I would put. I would put here in mind goals. This is this is my goal. What are you supposed to be? What are you supposed to look like? This is what man Paul saying. This is my goal for you. That you will let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Man, that's a tremendous goal to have. Um, who, who, who wrote the book of Philippians? Paul. 
Paul wrote the book. Uh, and, and who did he write it to? The Church of, of, of Philippi. It was made up of three, we know it, the, the, the founding roots of this church was found in Acts chapter 16. Name some of the, the founding members that we know of, of the church. The jailer, I heard that. Who else? Lydia, right, in her household. Uh, and then it could have well been one more. Right, the girl that was that was possessed, that was healed. So, so we understand that that's the beginning of. So, when he refers back, I thank my God upon every remem- 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 remembrance of you. This is who he's speaking about. Uh, do we remember when this book was written? Around sixty-two A.D. Yeah, that that was sixty to sixty-two A.D. So that that's right. And where was Paul when he wrote it? This is very important for what we're at. Where? Imprisoned, correct. Where at? In Rome. Okay. Imprisoned in Rome. This is very key. As we look at this text where we're at, knowing that helps us understand this text much better. I've got some some pictures. Don't put them out yet, Noah. Uh, uh, And they're funny. And I want you to see the pictures on the screen and tell me what's wrong with these. Most of them are signs. So let's see what's wrong with these signs. Here's the first one. Sign not in use. It's sort of in use, isn't it? Uh, look at this next one. No eating in food court. That doesn't sound very fair at all. Where you, you buy food in a food court. These are better. No signs of any kind. I think they just broke their rule here, right? There's a, a, a few more where they break it. I think um, when Noah first began to drive, uh, we hit this a lot because we were doing this a lot uh, when we were hitting those intersections. But he's much better now. Uh, yeah, so what do you do there? Um, what, what do we got next? Yes, do not hang signs on the fence telling you with a sign that's hung on the fence. It's sort of, is this sort of odd to y'all or no? Or is this like, no, this makes complete sense. I like, I like this one. Entrance only, do not enter. Okay, I will stop right here and teleport. Um, this is interesting because it's in most books. It says this page was intentionally left blank, but it is not blank. Do we understand that? So, we're going to talk a little bit about the word paradox. Okay, Par- paradox. And I'm just going to jump with the debt. De- Definition is going to be on the screen so you can see it. And I, I want you to see a, a, a paradox is a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that, when invest, investigated or explained, may prove to be well well found, found, founded or true. So it's a statement that seems off, but when you look at it harder and fur, further. You find out this may not be off. This may be right. And one thing I love about the Word of God is, according to the world, it's full of what we would call paradoxes. It's full of these things where the world goes, "That makes no sense at all." And God says, "This is the way you're supposed to live." Don't forget, at the end of this, let your life reflect in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's where we're about to get to. And we're going to look in Scripture where there's some things where the world goes, that makes no sense at all. That's no. But when we look at it and we live it out, 
it makes complete sense. And that's when a world that is lost sees a Savior that it needs, when we begin to live these things out. Um, Would you say, true or false, people like to stand out or be different? True or false? True. Unless you're in a new crowd, then you don't want you to be fit into that crowd. But for the most part, we want to stand out. When I was a teenager some 30 years ago, um, not too long ago, uh, and this is, I'm not going to rail on this. I'm not going to teach on this. But this is used as a sub- subject. Uh, tattoos were a very rare thing back in the day. Uh, the people that had the tattoos were bikers, were rebels that were on the fringe, and um, and then someone who just couldn't spell their name. I mean, it's just those. It's just that you 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 didn't know a whole lot that had tattoos. Nowadays, do we know a lot that have them? Do you know that they say forty one percent of American adults have a tattoo now? A lot of folks get them to be different, man, be different, be set apart, and everybody's doing, doing, doing it. But back in the day, when I first began to, I said back in the day like eight times, uh, way back when um, I used to work with youth, youth would a lot of times come up to me and go, man, I'm, and they would be, let's, I say youth, 12th grade, college, first year, second year, and they'd come to me and go, man, I'm wanting to get this tattoo. And it's just this girl who I'm in love with, and the, we've been dating for four days. You know, it's just you, you hear these things, and you're like going, "Okay, you're smoking crack. What are you thinking?" Um, but a lot of times they would go, "Man, I'm going to get this cross thing, or this. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be set apart." And this is my go-to line: I appreciate you want to be different and set apart, but do you want to really be different and set apart? Live for Christ. Live for Christ. And they go, "Oh, well, there's a lot of folks doing that." I'm going, no, no, no. There's very few people that are living for it. Because when you see someone who is living for Christ and living it out, they stick out like a sore thumb. True or false? True. Man, they stick out like it. And the world, do they embrace it and go, man, that person's awesome. Yeah, baby, high five. No, they're like, bigot, you meanie, you hate, hateful. Words are thrown at you. But if you, know, if, if you want to, to, to really live out your faith and be be different. You've got to understand the paradoxes of Scripture, which the world says, "Oh, that makes no sense at all." But God says it does. Look at these verses. This isn't our main text, but this is just some to give an example. In Mark nine, don't turn there. You can just look on the screen. Nine verses thirty three through thirty five. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, this is Jesus. He asked them, "What were you discussing on the way?" But they kept silent, for on the way they had argue with one another who uh, about who was the greatest. So he said, what were y'all saying? And they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Because you don't want to say we're trying to fight over who's the best. And he sat down and called the twelve and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Teaching right here. You want to be first? Be last. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the kingdom of God, if you want to be first, be last. The world says that makes no sense at all. God says it makes complete sense. Look at my son, the one who paid the price for sin for you and for me. What did he do? You want to be first, be last. That makes no sense. We we, we go on uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Well, first of all, you know what? I've got to tell you a story, and I am mean. Y'all gave me a nice pastor appreciation gift this, this, you know, this week or whatever. I appreciate that. 
but I've got to tell you to my core, I'm, I'm just mean. Can I confess something? My wife's like, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Um, a few years ago, it's been five, six, seven, I was on a winter retreat with some youth from this church. And we had these Cinnabons in the morning that we cooked up that were like the huge ones. We, have y'all ever eaten those before? Are those like the best things ever? I mean, I could eat like six, I think, and I was, it's okay. I would, it would be hurting for a while. Um, well, the first batch of them got burnt. I mean, like black as a brick burnt. And we had enough that everybody could get one but two people. So I took all of the cream that you're supposed to spread, and I spread it all over two of the big black ones. So they were covered with cream, so you couldn't see the inside. Because I knew these grimy middle schoolers that always ran to the front of the line were going to... Sorry, was, I'm talking about not y'all. It's like years ago. They were going to, they, they were going to come. And I, knew, I knew which two were going to be first in line. They were going to grab. They're going to see the batch. I'm going to have them laid out, and they're going to grab these ones that were like, looked like they were gold. And they did. They took the bait. <laughs> and they took it and they began to try to eat it. And they're, they didn't tell anybody, like, hey, mine's really burnt. And they're just, <laughs> I mean, teeth were falling out. It was awesome. It was awesome. So I just wanted them to understand, you, you want to be first, be last. You know, quit being first all the time, right? See, just trying to teach them the truth of God's word. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10 says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then he goes, goes on, on verse 10 and says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. You want to be strong? Be weak. Wait, wait, what? The weaknesses, the world says I need to hide those things, and I need to rest on my strength. God... God says, take, take the things that you're weak at and let me use them so that you can't get any glory for it, but it's all my glory. You want to be strong? Be weak. Bless you. How rude. Interrupting. Mark 10, that's my son, that's what I said. Uh, Mark 10, verse 43, it says this, But it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your Servant, you want to lead, you want to be great, serve. That does it. That's not what the world says at all. If I lead, folks should serve me. God says, if you want to be great, serve everybody that you're around. You'll you'll know someone who is sincerely a believer in Christ when they look out for everybody else's needs more than they look out for your needs. Something's going on with them, and those are the folks that you need to try to get by and go. Man, I need to glean some some stuff off of you. I, I, I want to be be like you. Um, he also says this. We're not going to turn there, but in Mark Mark five, he says, "Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you." Is that what the world the world says? Love your enemies and pray for those. Do we want to do that? I I don't. Man, I've had this verse work on me all week. Going. I just need to need to love and, and, and pray more and not act like I've got a right to be mad. He says in Matthew 23, if you want to be exalted, humble yourself. And that God's the one who will lift you up. To be exalted, to be to be you gotta be humbled. 
James 1, 2, have joy when you face trials of various kinds. Hey, you've got trials? It's been a bad week. Praise God, have joy. Does this stuff make sense at all? When you take it under the, to the world, no. But when you take it to understand who God is and who God calls us to be, did, does it start to make sense? I really, I really think it does. We're going to stand. This is going to be sort of our, our main text. Just stand together. We're just going to read this, this verse, uh, Philippians 1, this verse 12 through 14. We stand in honor of God's word just to remind us this is the word of God. And uh, this is much more important than anything that I say. Uh, uh, God's word is what will change hearts and take a, take a, a dead heart and bring it back to life. Uh, so this is what it says in verse 12 in, in, in chapter 1 of Philippians. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the, go- the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become co- confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Let's pray one more time and then we're going to jump in this. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, Lord, just ask for you to move in this place tonight. May we be a people who uh, to fear you, who who follow you, who love you, uh, and live for you. For G- in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, everybody, have a seat. Point one that we, we see here in the in the text, and this applies to our everyday lives, your life right now. Earthly struggles or suffering can bring heavenly gain earthly struggles or suffering can bring heavenly gain i want you to understand in this text paul is on house arrest in rome that means that he has got a guard that is handcuffed to him with who is come on you're going to use an illustration here yes drew okay these our, our, our wrists are no more than this far apart any time of the day. He is this close to me. So if he's got to go, mm-hmm, and or I got to go, mm-hmm, you're like standing like this. Ugh! Right, right, you're handcuffed. Okay, great, great job, Drew. Um, you were amazing. But what was beautiful, so every four hours, a new guard would be changed, they'd be switched out. So a guard would be with him for four hours. I wonder what Paul talked about during those four hours. He had folks. Was I, that the tradition back then? That that was the way that they did the house arrest back then. Yes, back in Paul's day, not in today's day. So, um, uh, earthly suffering can bring heavenly gain. Have y'all heard of a guy named John Bunyan? John Bunyan with a big axe and ox. No, that's that's Paul Bunyan. No, no, that's right, that's right. John Bunyan wrote a book. What what was that book called? Pilgrim. See, a lot of you even know that. I've not I've not had to really expound a whole lot about him. But let me tell you about his story. He was a preacher in England, and the Church of England did not like the fact that he was going to preach all the time, and they wanted the church to have more control at that time. So they 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 took John and they put him in jail. But as he was in, they told him, if you will agree to not preach, we will let you go free. He had a wife and four, four, four young kids. 
He said, I will let you, if you agree not to preach, we will let you go free. And he said, I, I cannot stop what God has called, called, called me to do. And so even there in the jail, he, he would go on and preach and preach up to the point where some books have said, and, and I wasn't there, so I don't know this is true, but they took him and they, they put him in the, the back of the prison where no one else was going to get to him because he was causing such an uproar because folks would come and stand outside of the gates just to hear this guy preach through the cell cell walls. But that didn't stop John because he refused to recant and say that he was not going to preach because that's what God had called him to do. For, For 12 years, he was in jail. But during that 12 years, he wrote a book called Pilgrim's Progress which has been used by the God and the Spirit of God to, 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 to give life where there was not life and to spur on folks who are trying to walk in their faith. But this guy was in jail for 12 years. But earthly suffering can bring heavenly gain. Sometimes when we're hurting and we've... And I'm saying not hurting because you've sinned and you're doing, dealing with the consequences of your sin. That's not what we're talking about here. It's talking about when you are, are living your faith out and it's not working out real well around you and you're suffering for it. There's times we got to change our perspective and go, okay, God, this doesn't feel really good to me, but I know that you are bigger than all this and I'm just going to keep doing what I can do. That's what we've got to do. So, so, so earthly suffering can bring it doesn't always bring because your perspective has, has got to be right you've got to be still striving to live for Christ verse 15 let's jump right there it says this uh, uh, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry but others from goodwill the latter do it out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel the former pro- proclaim Christ out of selfish Ambition, not sincerely, uh, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, or falsehood or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Paul is in prison, house arrest. Probably not the place he wants to be. As you see, as you read this book, he longs to be with his friends that he loves, but he's not. But he's making the best of the opportunities that he has. But he says there are some around me that they're preaching Christ or teaching Christ for selfish gain, for selfish motives. So so point two is this. False motives with correct gospel can bring true redemption. Sometimes there's Churches in today's day and day and age, there, there's three types that I would I, I would talk about. I would say, for us, there's a, there's churches that are sim, sim, similar to ours. Doesn't have to be exactly style, but on the way they preach the word and how they teach Christ and how and so they, they teach it the exact same way that we do. We would call that as a sister church. I'll, I'll just name one of them. There's more than one, but Amelia Baptist Church is a church that we, we meet with Neil and Adam Page, and we go, we've been on trips with them, and as we've talked, we agree a lot on how the gospel works. So there's that type of church. There's also churches um, that teach Christ 
sort of. And then they teach good works along with Christ. And then they teach you've got you've to speak this way or the Spirit's got to work in you this way to really be saved. Or you've got to do this or give this much money. And the passage here is not speaking about those types of churches. Have you ever seen the ones on, on TV where they're like, just give more money. And if you do, God will give you even more. Just give it all that you, right? Have we heard of those things? And, and salvation is based on, on what, you, what you give. But that's not a gospel of Christ. So that's not what he's speaking about. But there's some churches, even in our town, that we may not, we don't really agree all the way with. But they teach Christ. They teach sin. They teach your need for Christ because of your sin. And Christ alone is the only thing that can, can save you. There might be some more things that we don't agree with. But we do agree with in that. So Paul's you know, saying for really that group there. And, and this so false motives with correct gospel can bring true redemption. Okay? So, so even if they... they they, they're not getting a lot right, but they're getting Christ right and to be saved in their sin. And because of your sin, you've got to get to Christ because you can't get there on your own. You may not agree with a lot of things, but if they're getting that right, I'm not going to say, hey, send all your friends to go there and go support that church and do, do all this stuff. But I can praise the fact that they're pr- pr- preaching Christ and God can use that, right? Yeah. And sometimes we need to give grace to the churches that we don't agree with all the way, but we agree with the very most important parts. Um. You know, uh, this is a story that's sort of a flip flip of that. When I was 16, I've told most of y'all this story. Some of y'all may not heard it, but I was I was enticed to go to a youth camp. I wasn't a church kid, uh, and I was only enticed to go to camp. Uh, it was because it was there was uh, eight high school guys that were going to be at this ch- church camp and like 24 high, high school girls. And when you stutter. You needed all the all all the odds in your in your favor that you you could get, and that was the the reason why I I went to camp. Were my motives right to go to camp? But at that camp, the gospel was preached, true, clear, and my life was changed Thursday night like that. I can't even explain everything that that occurred, but the burden that I'd had. Up the age of 16 and a half, and as much as I could carry was gone. So my motives weren't right, but but God still did an amazing work. <clears throat> um, I want to talk about about death. Put put this this slide up because this is important for the, our last point. Dif- different belief systems on death. The Hindu believes death is temporary, and then you come back to life again. And you live, and then you die, and you come back to life again, and then you die, and you come back to life again. That sort of so death isn't a place where God is or heaven or hell. It's a repeat of life that's going to come back and forth. Humanist, one who believes in uh, that puts their faith in humanity or nature, they believe this: here and now is all we have, and and at death, everything becomes void and nothing. Is that sort of sad to, to y'all at all? Just think, I mean, all this life is this. We live, we die, and nothing. <clears throat> Atheists, and that is someone who doesn't believe in God. They believe that God does not exist. To, to them, death is just the end. What is death? It's the end. 
and you can live on in the mem- memories of the folks who knew you before, but, but it's over. Agnostic. Do y'all know what an ag- agnostic is? What's an agnostic? Someone? Yeah. Yeah, that's sort sort of correct. There actually, there there might might be a god. It's someone who well, there might be a power, or there might not. I'm not quite sure. So so they're 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 very loose in their belief. Uh, they believe it's the end, maybe. Because what if there there is a god, right? Uh, boot, 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 Buddhist, you you've heard of karma. If if you if you do good things. Your life will be improved. You'll move up on the, this this ladder, and one day you'll get to nirvana. That's sort of the goal. But if you do bad things, you're gonna have your life scale is gonna go down. And you'll if you were born like like we are here, the next time you'll be born poor, and the next time you'll be born a roach. You know, I mean, it's 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 really uh, that's sort of what they believe. Um, if you if you are a mo- Muslim, if, if, you're, if I'm good and loyal enough, paradise. If not, hell. And, and most would, would, would say, they would even say, well, most will fall into the hell because uh, you've got to be very good and get, do all these things and do your prayers each day and got to do all, all these things. So it's very, very works-driven. Christian is faith in Christ, heaven. Without Christ, Hell. Why? Because of not being without Christ, but because of your sin. Sin sends all to hell. Christ saves those who, who believe and put their faith in him. You, you can take that slide down. So as, as you've understood belief systems, look here in verse 19. It says this, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my del- del- deliverance. Uh, as it is my eager expectation, and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that the but, but but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desires to depart and be with Christ, for that is far. Better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your pro- progress and joy in the faith. Paul, Paul is saying here, and it, it's a, he's tired and he's been living it out. He's been, you know, don't forget how many times he's been beaten, he's been stoned. That's not with drugs, that's with rocks. He's been uh, close to death, he's been spit upon, he's been jailed. All these things, and poor man, I think if you live your life for long enough, you get a little bit tired of, of, of that. And he's saying, man, man, it would be so much nicer. It would be so nice just to go and be with Christ and worship him forever. He says that that, that is, is gain. For the Christian, that is gain. But he says this, but there's still work for me to do here. And for everybody in this room, I, I want you to understand this truth right here you you go man death is not something we we should fear though we sort of do because it's still a little bit unknown right i mean i think most people would go yeah it's sort of scary because it's it's unknown uh you know i read a book someone died and they came back i'm not sure if you should trust those okay just to let you know those are scary to me um 
take the Word of God and see what it says, and let's, let's, let, let, let's go with that. I, I trust God's Word more than the, the voice of man. So, the third point is this. The third truth to live by, to live as Christ and to die as gain. What, so, to live as Christ, that, that means what? In, in this life, we live for Christ with everything that we have. Why? Because there, there are people that we will see that no one else will have a chance to pour into and share Christ with. That we can, we can not only speak it out, but we can live it out in front of them. So to live is the Christ. That, that is what I'm going to do right now. But to die is gain. I know that there's something better. Um, who here in this room want, wants to go to heaven one day? Yeah? Most everybody I can say, okay, put your hands down. Okay, who here wants to go to heaven right now? Okay, a couple of you. Okay, you're, you're but better than I am. You know, when I was a teenager, especially, you're, you're like, what? Oh, I just want to get married and have kids and stuff. And, 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 and so, God, just don't come back yet. Right? Jesus, don't come back yet. Just wait for me to live my life a little bit, right? So we, we understand that heaven's a good thing. It, it, it's, it's gain. But we don't, that, that doesn't mean there's some cults that say, well, that means you should kill yourself. And that's not what this word is saying at all. It's saying that God has you on this earth with a plan, just as God had Paul with a plan. And Paul was near death time after time after time after time. But he says, why, why do I not leave? Because there are so many that need to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So look at verse 26. We're going to wrap up here. Uh, and Do we have that on the screen or no? Okay, go ahead and put, put that up. So, so that he, he says, um, uh, c- c- verse 25, I'm going to jump to tw- 25, Noah. Uh, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus, because of my coming to you again, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. You know, my greatest hope as a youth pastor here at Mercy Hill Church it would be if the Lord were to take me away someplace to serve. I, I, I'm not, there's nothing I know of. Or I'm not getting fired this week, I don't think. But if he were to take me away somewhere, that my greatest hope for you guys is that years from now, I would hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the God, the, God, the gospel. That's, that's a goal. That's a beautiful goal. Um, for us to live out, for us to strive for. But it means that you're going to take what the, wor- the world says. Oh, that's not right. What? The, the, if you want to be first, you've got to be last. If you want to be strong, you've got to be weak. If uh, you're going to suffer, but it's for, for God's gain, that's, that's not right. And we've got to understand the Christian life's about that. We might have to suffer. But if God has gained, then it is so worth it. And false motives with the true gospel brings true redemption. And uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Man, heaven's a great thing. It's a great thing, I think, to think about. Especially when those weeks are going rough. Man, Man, God, just give me strength to fight through this. 
But just like that, that, that wall that has got the six words on it, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. There's a peace that starts with your relationship with Christ when it starts. He, 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 heaven for you starts right now if you've never begun a relationship with Christ. You're like, oh, it's, well, I'll be on this, this gold, gold gates and all this stuff of, of God. No, but it starts right now. There's a peace that, that you is not from this world that you can have when you get in right re- relationship with God. Let's be serious about our faith. Because it's not only about your faith, it's about those that you can impact. When we're not serious about our faith, we can wreck a whole lot of people around us. Let's not wreck people. Let's bring them to Christ. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much uh, for, for your word. Uh, just a chance, chance to, to jump, jump through some texts where the world would say this makes no sense at all. But in light of your son, Jesus Christ, uh, and him, him though it just makes no sense that, that he would live a perfect life. And that while we're in rebellion against you, that he would die as a sacrifice for our sins, who at the time were enemies of God, that, 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 that he would die for us, for those that, who believe in him, uh, that, that your sins would be forgiven. For, for, for God, I thank you for your perfect plan. We thank you for the gift of your son. Lord, help every student, every adult in this room, myself included, uh, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ every day, every week, every month, every year. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.